Retro Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person who's so down bad, he'd eat 30 cans of pineapple in one night, Alex Perkins, Perkins tonight. I'm I'm well, and uh, funny you mentioned because I brought a visual aid tonight. <laughs> brought some pineapple. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you a, a pineapple fan? I love pineapple. Yeah. Not I was fire pineapple, but <laughs> default pineapple. I was pretty against it for a long time. I feel like it kind of, you know, can cut up your mouth, you know, um, and it's very sweet. Um, but then I had some fresh pineapple in Hawaii and that shit slapped. So I that'll, think, you know, uh, that'll do it. Yeah. Shocker that fresh fruit is better than processed fruit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Those, those cans of pineapple look pretty fire. They did. Yeah. And it's like sliced up, like, I don't know how do you describe it. Not in cube cubes, but it's like the uh, cross sections of it. Yeah. 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 They're pretty good. Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, this is the podcast where every week Perk and I review a movie that is connected to the last one we watched. Uh, last week, we watched a little Jackie Chan movie called Police Story, and we followed it to this week's film uh, following Bridget Lynn. Uh, if you like our show, be sure to tell your friends about it. We post every Friday on podcast services. Um, but yeah, let's jump into it. Perk, why don't you introduce Chunking Express? Yeah, all right. So uh, Chunking Express is a 1994 joint directed by uh, Kar Wai Wong, starring the aforementioned Bridget Lin, um, Tony Leung Chi Wai, I'm sorry, from <laughs> uh, who you might remember as Broken Sword and Hero, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Fei Wong, who is a, uh, was, was a huge pop star in in Hong Kong, turns out. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, because I looked at her IMDb and she wasn't in that many st- movies. I'm like, she's good. Like, how is she not in more stuff? But if she's a pop star, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, apparently off the back of this, we'll start in with the fun facts then. Apparently <laughs> af- off the back of this movie, she uh, became like a record-setting pop star in Hong wow. Kong. Yeah. That's cool. Which is, yeah, so uh, a couple of little fun facts. Um, this is the movie that uh, Quentin Tarantino started his uh production company for so he could get it to a wider audience um which we love to see that it's really cool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um the film itself was filmed and written uh in in 
parallel. So they would okay. write a scene and then film it either later that day or the next. Which Dang. is a super wild way to write that's, a film. I'd, that's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, that, it's uh, super out there, but like very creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, at one point they flood an apartment and the production company got sued by the apartments below that one. Oh, because <laughs> they got water damaged, of course. Yikes. Uh, a story I know all too well. Yes, yes, you have experienced that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, I'll go first. I think you've gone first a couple last couple times. Um, very interesting movie. Uh, I, I think I overall liked it. I do like the first half much better than the second half, like the first story or set of stories compared to the second half of stories. Um, but yeah, it's it's... You, you talk about um, you talk about after some before on the podcast so that kind of feels kind of like a memory. This also kind of feels like a dream at some points. Um, it's very very melancholic, maybe a little bit too melancholic for my taste. Like these, the two cop leads are, are very down bad. <laughs> these are probably some of the most down bad people I've ever seen uh, in a movie. Um, but overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like it was a really interesting watch. I liked how it was shot. I think it's, it's directed very 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 well. Um, I like the music a lot. And yeah, just a really interesting story about just kind of four stories that kind of intersect four people. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's, a, it's a very unique movie. And I, I appreciate that we watched it. Uh, yeah, so you're wrong and that's okay. Because <laughs> um, you're entitled to be wrong. Uh, this is so good. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I loved it. And I, I wholly disagree. I like the first half didn't get me, but the second half was. Phenomenal. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Crazy that we we differ on such a uh, climactic mm-hmm. like shift in the movie, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I love I love like everything about it. Uh, like occasionally the pacing dips, but that's really the only gripe I had. Yeah, and that's, that's I think the reason I like the first half better is because it is faster paced and it is like shorter compared to the second half. Um, and yeah, I think Bridget Lynn's character, the woman in the blonde wig, is my favorite character, like the most interesting. Um, I mean, she's like a drug smuggler, just badass shooting people <laughs> like in the street and stuff. Um, and I, I like how we don't really get the full story, um, but we get that payoff with the sardine can, I believe it is at the end where earlier, you know, you know, the guy leaves at four and he's like, oh, I don't have very long. And then at the end we see it, it's May 1st, which is the same day as the cop, you know, and it's like, okay, that's cool. And there's a lot of little stuff. I kind of want you to get, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's sprinkled in. We're just like Definitely. a couple of seconds, right? Like we see Faye and uh, the second cop in the first half of the movie for like one shot each. Yeah, yeah, um, I noticed that as well. And like, it's just it's a lot of little stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's definitely very cool. I, uh, I, I'm just gonna kind of gush a little bit, but yeah, go for it. I'm gonna start with um, the best part of the movie, in my opinion, which is the music, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because the song selections are great. Uh, California Dreamin' fits really well thematically because, you know, Dreamin' of getting away, but also the movie is shot and plays as a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of dreamy editing choices and, and directional sequences that uh, fit that really well. Um, obviously, that's the big the big song in the movie, but the sleeper pick, uh, Dreams by the Cranberries is like one <laughs> of the greatest songs ever made. And... <laughs> The scene where uh, Faye tries to give the cop the envelope and 
he just doesn't want it and just yeah. s- leans against the counter sipping his coffee while she's like sitting over on the other side of the counter staring at him as people are walking by and mm-hmm. dreams by the cranberries is playing <laughs> i died that's like one of my favorite mm-hmm. shots i've ever seen mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. also another fun fact for you the the version of dreams we hear is uh fei wong's cover mm. okay i think i thought i saw it in the credits i wasn't which sure. got so big that uh the cranberries ended up touring to hong kong where they That's sold out awesome. like immediately uh the whole crowd was was singing along when they played dreams and it's just oh it's so That's cool. awesome. That's I love awesome. that. I love that stuff. Um but yeah, I think the, the like the acting is phenomenal. I think uh the second cop who our holdover from Hero is very very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh Faye very good, and both the actors in the in the first half are super be- believable as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everyone just has genuine performances that make them feel like genuine people. You yeah. know, you're you're not watching characters here; you're you're watching people interact. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Take over. Yeah. I'm I'm off the rails. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I I think the first scene with Faye, I was immediately endeared to her, like when. She's playing the music loud. The cop comes in. He tries to order, you know, the chef salad or whatever. And he tries to talk to her a little bit. He's like, oh, she's like, he's like, what do you like? She's like, I don't know. Like, I play music trying to think about stuff. And then she does, you know, what do you like? And then he, like, has her lean in and goes, chef salad. She's like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, like, all right, I love Faye. I got in. Um, I still don't know how I feel about her breaking into, into his apartment <laughs> for, like, weeks. Um, I think, like, obviously it was... I don't know. I'm torn. It's like, okay, part of me is like, oh, she's trying to be kind and help him out of his like depression by like cleaning up his place while he's like in this kind of state where he can't really take care of himself. On the other hand, though, it's implied that like she like is in love with him or whatever. And it's like kind of like a creepy, not kind of stalkery kind of thing. Um, So it's a very interesting like dichotomy. Um, I do like the way the story ends with them, though, like a kind of open ended, but you know. They gotta come back together, but that whole thing, I'm like, I like her, but this is kind of weird. But it's she's doing for a good reason, but or is she? You know, it's. But oh, she it's never definitely felt, weird. Like, yeah, but she's still uh, like a real person. That's what you were saying. Yeah, like, I still, yeah. I still believed it. No, it's it's super stalkery and creepy. Um, but she's clearly head over heels and I, I don't know, believable esque, mm-hmm. kind of stalker tendencies. But you're missing the point. <laughs> it's a metaphor, Jacob. It's a metaphor. <laughs> Break it down for me. Break it down All right. for me. Uh, she is cleaning up the interior of his apartment, trying to fix him from the inside out because he's torn on the inside. Yeah. Because his, his girlfriend left. Mm-hmm. And so she's in there. She's tidying up. She's, she's trying to fix him, essentially, and, and mm-hmm. embed little pieces of herself along the way. Yeah. So good. I, <laughs> I agree, though. It's like super creepy. But the way that it's played and the way that the soundtrack and the score fills in, it never feels overtly like unsettling, you know? And I think that it ends in a a decent way. You know, I was worried there was gonna be some sort of blow off, but it was really just like an awkward moment and Yeah. And I mean I'm glad yeah. I'm glad she got caught at one point, right? I was right, waiting for that right. to happen. And I wasn't sure if it was gonna be like a blow up thing or if he was gonna, you know, be alright with it in the end. Um but yeah, no, it's yeah, I'm torn because like 
I've struggled with depression. And like, yeah, if somebody cleaned my apartment while I was gone, that would help a ton. But also, he doesn't even know what's happening. <laughs> he eventually like kind of figures it out. Right. He, he notices that the soap bar is back to normal and, you know, his rag got replaced and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he's still like talking to the things in his apartment, which is also kind of like, I don't know, like... The, the two male leads are my, are my least favorite. Like, I like Faye and I like the woman in blonde. Because uh, the both dudes, like I said, are, they're, so, they're down bad so hard. And I'm not <laughs> saying that people don't get down bad, but it's like, bro, why are you buying a can of pineapples every day <laughs> that's going to expire? They eat them all one night. You're going to spew. And he spews, it's, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's kooky behavior. I, speaking of kooky behavior, I think there's just, there's also a lot of genuinely funny moments uh, mm-hmm. in this movie that kind of sneak their way in. Um, in particular, I'm thinking of when the first cop is uh, calling just every woman he knows, including yeah. <laughs> a fourth grade classmate. Yep. That got me. That got me, dude. <laughs> oh. oh, you're married for five years. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, move into the comedy. One of my favorite characters, too, was the, the shop owner. Um, oh, yeah. He's great as well. And I love when he's like upselling the second cop. He's like, you know. We'll get the chef salad and the fish and chips and, and have her well, have you her might pick, as well you know? get the pizza. You might as well get the pizza. Yeah, it's not that much more expensive, you know. And then he ends up selling him the shop at the end, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, was, he was a nice mainstay in both stories. And he was always kind of a, a fun presence in the background. Definitely, yeah. A bit of a through line, uh, if if not just like a set piece, or like a, right. a piece of the scenery. Right. Um, speaking of the scenery, though, uh, this genuinely has amazing world building yeah like the the city is a character and the way it hums and the way that the the editing all those like kooky editing uh like slow-mo time-lapse combos yeah which are, yeah. are really really cool is there um, a name for that style like especially the style like when they're running people are running through alleys and it's like hyper motion blur but it's like a lower frame rate i'm not really yeah so i I, I know a little bit about it because I was very interested because it's so cool. But yeah. it's essentially, uh, I, I don't know if there's a name for it in particular, but what he did was he just took, you know, long, exposure, long exposures yeah. long exposures, and then uh, repeat frames. Okay. So it looks like it's stuttering. Like it looks like it's slow-mo, but also like so fast you can barely see it. Yeah. Which yeah. It, like, it works really well. Yeah, it, it certainly does, and I, I think there's just so much creativity going on with the camera here. Well, it's, um, it's also smart from, I imagine this is a pretty low-budget movie. It helps make your action, you don't have to, like, make your action look good, because it's, like, stylized, and you get the right. feeling that they're trying to convey without having to, like, do these, like, more intense action scenes or more complex action scenes. Yeah, a, a little bit at the beginning. I, I don't love, like, a frenetic hand cam, mm. uh, but... When they're actually when he was going through the full stylized like, like, drawn out dreamy flash and dash sequences, those I loved. I just I, there were a few hand cam scenes where I I understand it. I just mm-hmm. don't love it. Yeah, I, I hear you saying it. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I agree. In the beginning, it was not always the best, but I, I liked when people were getting chased. Like when the woman in blonde was getting chased and she ends up like capping a few dudes, um, who were chasing her. I thought that worked really well. Like, you, like I said, you get the feeling what they're trying to convey, right? Um, and you don't have to have all sorts of, you know, sci-fi or physical effects or any of that. Like, no, obviously no CG, but yeah, like you can disguise a low budget with creative directing. 
Like you, yeah. you mentioned that earlier, and I think that certainly uh, rings true in this movie. Speaking of the the world building too, I just I loved how they shot and conveyed kind of the drug smuggling operation. There's zero exposition. There's like we're just gonna yeah. show you the steps and you right. and you'll figure it out and you figure it out. Like she, at first she's like she asks a bunch of like Indian guys like you guys want to do this and I'm like yeah. And you get, she gives them a bunch of money. You're like what's going on? And then slowly by slowly they get the suits and they get the electronics and then they eventually get the scene where they're you know shoving condoms or drugs up their butt. Uh, <laughs> and then she gets double crossed, and it's like implied to me. It was implied that the the I guess some American uh, bar owner guy had like fucked her over because he was in love with her, but he couldn't have her. Which I got because the other girl he's would put on the blonde wig as like I felt like that was like a weird. He actually liked the went a blonde. I'm adding a lot of my own story yeah, I here. Kinda, I kind of didn't really know what was going on <laughs> a lot of that time, but. I wasn't too bummed about it because it's more about like the sense and the place and the feeling of it. So yeah, yeah. Clearly, there's like a huge underworld going on, and um, and yeah, I don't understand what the what the white guy had to do with anything, but whatever, he was there. I feel like I think he was like her handler or something because he gives her like an envelope in the beginning. He's the person oh, who's like okay. running out of time, um, but he's double cost her because at one point she goes after she loses the group. Um, she goes back to the bar and they're like hiding in the back and she doesn't see him in there. Anyway, it's all, it, yeah. Like I said, there's no exposition. I'm, I'm filling in a lot of blanks, but I just, no, I just liked I'm, it. Like, they didn't I'm have happy to, like, there was not everything. a lot of exposition. Um, yeah. Also, another thing that I, I whine about a lot, uh, you know, maybe I'm just, I just don't believe my stance on this, but I had no <laughs> problem with the uh, narration, the, the inner no. monologues. No. I thought they were great. I thought they, they added a lot and they kind of fit the bill because it's almost like a neo-noir type vibe. And I think the score fills in around that really well and has that kind of feel of like a rainy, you know, neo-Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, I, I think the narration was, didn't, wasn't as great because it didn't feel like they were talking directly to the audience. And that's right. how it can feel sometimes. It felt like they were either talking to themselves or they were saying things that they would say and sometimes did say to other people later on in yeah, the movie. It almost feels like they're kind of like leaning back and reflecting right. like while we're watching it. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. But we, not, we have seen a lot of narration on this on this show that I have not had problems with. Mm-hmm. Um maybe we'll we'll get we'll find one cuz there are a lot of bad ones, all right? Yeah. Just take my word for it. Yeah, whenever yeah, whenever it's talking to the audience it's like Bet you wonder how I got in this situation, you know, like that kind yeah. of bullshit. Yeah. Get that out of here. You know, <laughs> this felt more like, excuse me for saying anime style where it's, yeah, it's like self-reflecting inner monologue as right. opposed to, you know, just telling the story to the audience. Sure. Um, speaking of which, one of my favorite lines in this movie was an inner monologue from the woman in the blonde wig where um, she, after the first cop is like talking to her at the bar, she says, um, like getting to know people isn't that valuable because people change. You might like pineapples one day and not like on the next, you know? And I'm like, that's a good point. Damn. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Um, uh, I quite liked another one of the inner monologue lines, which was like bridging on goofy, but it worked for me when he walked into his flooded apartment and he was like, did I leave the faucet on? Yeah. Or is my apartment still crying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it, it feels so genuine, even though it's like the goofiest thing possible. Yeah, but, but it, I, I, what I like about that line is it, it, it displays that 
he's so depressed he doesn't even know what's going on in his own apartment like he yeah. can't remember he lets a tap on or not you know and it, it, it was right. probably Faye, right um i could have been i actually i doubt it I, I think that probably would have been something that he did oh I, yeah that's interesting i i just assumed it was Faye. well i i would have guessed that because the it would seem that the reason that he's not noticing all these changes is because he's just like caught in a fog in his own mind so yeah it was believable uh, yeah. to me that he would have forgot and left the tap on um Whereas she was kind of, you know, covering her tracks. That's, At least yeah. it seemed pretty well. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. She was making it, she was being careful to like, yeah, turn everything off and, and all that. Um, okay, one other thing I need to note. The first cop. Absolute eating machine, dude. Oh, <laughs> my God. This dude ate so much freaking food in this movie. Like, uh, he threw up the pineapples. But later that night in the hotel room, he ate, like, he said, like, four chef salad and, like, a burger. <laughs> and he's just, just binge eating. I'm like, is this, this might be, like, his form of, like, depression. You know, he's just... Yeah, eating his feelings, but they never like explicitly say. But I feel like it's kind of implied because this dude is just going to town all night. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, okay. I, I honestly, it could be that it could just be like a different interpretation of depression. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, they they have two pretty clear and different uh, strategies of approaching that. Right. Um, or maybe he just you know he burns a billion calories on those hyper <laughs> runs through the street. You know. Yeah, and going around the baseball field and stuff. Yeah. That was oh, I thank you for reminding me. I almost forgot. I really, really liked the freeze frame at the end of his story there at the baseball field, mm. where he's like he's holding his heart because yeah, yeah. the woman in the blonde wig left the message for him, "Happy birthday." Yeah, and it, he's like, "I wish I could just put this moment in a can, and then it freeze frames on it." And I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's beautiful. I love it." Yeah, I, I really, really love the end to, to that story. And then you know he transitions us into the second one by bumping into Faye. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that maybe he's still going to be a part of it, but then he's, you know, they would transit. Kind of just cop, drifts so. off back into the city. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't have much more to say about it. I think it's, yeah, really interesting film. Um, Super glad we, we watched this one. I know you were excited to see it. I'm, I'm glad I, I knew nothing going in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it and it's super available folks. It's on HBO, HBO Max, HBO Max there. They got, they got all the they have, they have all, quite a few foreign films, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that is our review of Chunky Express. Do you have any um, recommendations? I was trying to think of other movies that have like intersecting storylines. Like there's Crash, but Crash isn't very good. The only one that came to mind was uh, Lost in Translation. Um, yeah, similar. Yeah, similar vibe. Just kind of, it feels like a similar, like it's not a, it's not the same setting, but it feels kind of yeah. like a, you know, life flashing by outside the window two yeah. people caught in a moment I, I would recommend this over that though yeah yeah i'd agree because right, this well, one's less creepy <laughs> it, it has a soccer plot and, and somehow it's, it's it is still less, less creepy yeah I, I was like i was thankful that the um first cop wasn't as incelly as he could have been yeah you know like i was worried i'm like is this gonna get bad and is he gonna turn against women no yeah like like he was just like i'm gonna fall in love with whomever walks through that door next (laughs) it was it was more like thank god he's left the hotel room you know and didn't do anything Mm -hmm. creepy he washed your shoes but like that's fine yeah that was Uh, it was a sweet ending to their collective storyline yeah yeah so yeah that's our review of chunking express and before our viewer watching next week gave some bonus reviews uh, Perk, why don't you start us off? 
All right, so uh, just under the gun before the Oscars, I managed to watch finally streaming Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Hell yeah! Yep. Uh, have you seen it? No, I was maybe yeah. gonna go see it this weekend. I didn't get around to it. Fair enough. Um, it it lives up to the hype, I think. Okay. It's uh, the animation is fantastic. The characters are likable. Um, the storyline is, I mean, it's not a path that's never been trodden, but they handle it while they do a good job. Uh, both sets of villains I, I like. There's, uh, John Mulaney as the just bad, bad guy who's literally like bad to his core. Mm -hmm, And then you've mm -hmm. got another, another antagonist that has a little more, a little more depth, you know, and, uh, I I don't know. I, I think that. It'll be interesting to see, right? Because a lot of movies now are ripping off the Spider-Verse style of of animating where you know they're they're not most like fully blurred CGI anymore. They're like animating mm-hmm. on 2s and 3s again in action scenes mm-hmm. and stuff. And this this is a combination of the two. Uh, it seems in a lot of action scenes they they bring in the more Spider-Verse style animation, but then they mm-hmm. still keep the the uh, you know, Shrek CG base. Right. Right, uh, which I think works really well. It's it's seamless. Um, oh, and I forgot about the other big bad. There's a lot of big bads, but the biggest <laughs> bad is is really really well handled, and it mm. uh, it's a really nice take on you know grasping with mortality. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I don't know. I I really liked it. It would still come in firmly third place for me on the on the animated, uh, but that's just because like. Pinocchio is like the best looking animated movie ever made. And uh, yeah. Marcel's the most emotional I've got at a movie in the last uh, 26 years. So, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad, you know, we got some good animated movies uh, last year. I still, yeah, I do want to watch Pushing Boots. I just got to gotta find the time. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's on Peacock now. It's out there. You can get it. Uh, what I watched this week perk uh the last of us finished up season one all right so it's time to talk about it um you said season one so i take it the door is open it's been confirmed season two is happening um as far as i understand it's gonna adapt part of the second game and the, i there'll be a third i was gonna ask where do, where do you leave off is it at um, the end of the first game yeah so the season one covers the first okay. game completely um gotcha. and yeah i think the second game will take two seasons but so it's so hard for me to judge the show because I knew it was going to happen. Um, I haven't played the game, but I know all the story beats. There's been listening to people on podcasts talk about it and just video essays and stuff. Um, so I knew what was going to happen. And like the story is good. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a, no one would disagree with that. And I think the acting is really, really good. I think Bella Ramsey in particular really surprised me. Um, she was great in Game of Thrones, but she was in a pretty small role. Um, that's what I'd seen her in. And I think she did a really, really fantastic job, um, especially the second to last episode. Episode eight um, was just really incredible. Um, Peter Pascal, Pascal is, is great as usual. And I think this show has really good set design. And um, I mean, it's an HBO show, right? So just the production is just really good. Yeah, it, you know, at a minimum, around. like the production floor is so high. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's hard. Like, it's good. <laughs> it's a good show. I just couldn't emotionally get too invested because I knew it was going to happen. Okay. Um, so I, like, I'm, I'm probably the worst person that can 
judge this because I don't have an emotional attachment to the game, so I didn't play it. And you know, but I also knew it was going to happen. So it's like I think a lot of people are in that boat, though. I don't know. I, I disagree. I feel like people either played the game or they know nothing about it. Maybe, you know? but like uh, I, I'm, I'm another who hasn't played the game but knows exactly what happens. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, from hearing people talk about it, who have played all the the games, like, and I, I, I caught this too. Is like they definitely added in some things that set up season two. They'll set up the later events of the story more than were in the original game. Like they put in some extra well, that's scenes. because the original game wasn't set up for a sequel. Right, right. Like that. That's just you know it made a lot of money. So yeah, and I think the the changes they did make, like episode three, is the big one. Really, really worked. And episode three, I think, is probably my favorite episode, because um, it's kind of just a self-contained story that's just really beautiful. Um, so yeah, it's hard. Like I, I don't want people to think that I didn't like it or like it's bad. Like it is a good show, <laughs> but I couldn't really emotionally connect that hard. Okay. Um, because I knew it was good, but I still got, I still pop for certain moments. I still got like really scared and like there's some really dark shit, you know. Um, but I'm not, I'm not screaming from the hilltops. This is the best show ever. Everyone needs to watch it, I guess, because it didn't hit me too much personally. Would you think that maybe it, I don't know, maybe it suffers from being squeezed or is it is it long enough to tell the story i do i think mean the game probably takes what 60 hours to beat no nah, it's not that long there's it's like 20 okay. oh okay um, all right that's not I, too I, bad though it, i'm glad you mentioned that i do think the pacing in the final episode was a little bit fast okay um i think they take a long i don't think it was spoiler. they take a long time in the show building a relationship between joel and ellie and I think in the final episode, they kind of sprint to the finish. Uh, and I think it could have used a little bit more time to kind of fully get there. Or they should maybe should have started things up a little bit sooner in the show. Um, so, yeah, I think the pacing of their relationship development is a little bit off. Just barely, though. Like, it's not, you know, absolutely ruin the show or anything. Um, but, yeah, that's probably my, my one, my biggest gripe is I, I think the pacing of their relationship was a little bit, a little bit too slow and a little bit too fast um to get to the end there but yeah i mean the show is definitely as brutal as it needs to be and it's really effective in that um i think in particular my favorite parts of the show are they occasionally do flashbacks to kind of before the breakout of the infection and there's some really haunting um stuff like i think as episode one and episode two both open with a flashback that are just like some of the most horrifying shit i've ever seen um so, yeah, it's the stuff that I didn't see coming that I didn't know about or things that hit me the most, you know. Okay. Shocker. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you're at all interested, you know, check it out. Um, I'm also just not a big zombie person. I'm kind of tired of the genre. Uh, everybody and is, I think. They do a pretty good job of not, like, hitting you over the head with it in the show. Like, there's not actually that many you see. Um, it's more about just the people and the effects of the world on the people. But Well, I mean, to interject... Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that can be like the most powerful, you know, I, I don't think, I think the idea of something can often be scarier than the thing itself. Yeah. So if you show the monster right away, it can kind of, you can get numbed to it. Whereas, you know, there, for example, a movie I love, believe it or not, an A24 production, (laughs) um, it comes at night. Mm. There's like some 
parasitic disease or something and there's you know an unshown presence in in the woods and it it never shows up it's it is never shown on screen and it doesn't take away at all like the suspense is still entirely gripping partially because it, you never actually get the payoff of seeing the thing which mm-hmm. i don't think detracts from the movie at all um, yeah that's so interesting because like movie. i i agree like i think in movies mo- like monster we'll say monster movies like before you see it is always the most scary and then when you finally see it it's often a letdown because it's not as scary as you thought but also if you never see it you might think well that's kind of point we didn't actually get to see it even though it never lifted your expectations sure. <laughs> like it's it's really it's a really hard you know thing to to do like i remember like super eight i feel like there's a monster in that movie right if i'm remembering right i never saw it okay i'm pretty sure there's a monster in that movie and if i remember how i felt i was like i was like really into it and i saw the monster I'm like oh that's not that's scary because it's like cg and it's just you know whatever but i think like the thing does an incredible mm-hmm. job because the monster is fucking horrifying mm-hmm. like that's some of the nastiest things i've ever seen in my entire life and it just it just keeps getting worse too and it just keeps getting worse yeah so yeah. it's like you really when when you lead up to the thing that's a cg monster it's really disappointing yeah <laughs> and like i'm not saying i have the last of us like it's a lot of practical effects and they are legitimately scary and i i appreciate though that they they hold back like they're not in every episode there's not a bunch of sh- it's not like the game where they're trying to recreate shoot us from the game like they're really really contained of using uh the clickers and stuff so um yeah check it out it's a great hbo production um it, like i said it didn't emotionally hit me which is what i'm kind of looking for these days is you know such affects me on the emotional level so there you have it perk what else do you watch this week i watched get ready for a pun because we're watching chinese movies <laughs> chinatown now who's in chinatown again because i've, I've heard this Nicholson. Film. oh yes 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 yeah Thank it's you. 1974 so it's another like classic type i yeah okay it's sacrilege for us to call the 70s the classics but we're, we're, we're young we're young kids you know it's 50 years ago <laughs> it's it's pretty old but um it's really really good uh i think it won best screenplay maybe it should have um it's a it's kind of a noir type uh murder mystery about a private investigator jack nicholson and uh the female lead is faye dunaway and they're both fantastic um obviously but from a story standpoint, it is airtight. It is mm. so well written. It, it, I was guessing the whole time. And there were even things that I caught on to. Like I picked up little clues and I'm like, oh, oh. Like there's a, I forget what the term is, but it's like someone misheard something. And so they said, I'll, I just, they said, uh, all I heard from the conversation, it was the traffic was loud. All I heard was Apple core. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is about water because the big plot line is around fresh water in Los Angeles. And I'm like, I bet they were saying albacore like the tuna. <laughs> and I was right. And I thought I was super clever. And it's like super minor. Um, but when they're when they're tipping you off with clues about little minor peripheral details, it's mm-hmm. it's super fun to pick through. I'd love to watch it again uh, and try and pick out uh, the clues that were teased uh, along the way. Um, it, it almost lessened my opinion of, of Knives Out 2 a little bit Mm. because I think Knives Out 2 is a little too spoon fed 
maybe in the back half at least. Um, and there's too much in, in Knives Out 2 where it's like, oh, we just didn't show you the whole frame. There was actually someone standing even further back, like that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, although it does not have a fun, happy ending. Like I was going to say, I imagine out. Knives Out 2 has a more of a fun factor <laughs> than Chinatown does. It actually has an incredibly iconic final line that I've already started Googling and found some, some analysis on it. I think it's really mm. cool. And <laughs> like so, watch someone on the internet tell me how dumb I am and like, Oh my God, that's it. You've cracked it. <laughs> so I have to ask you now, Perk, how would you rank just, I'll do cuckoo's nest, five, e- five easy pieces in Chinatown. Oh man. That's tough. I, uh, it, it it's really hard because they are three incredibly different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe maybe Five Easy Pieces is the top. Wow. Okay. I really love that movie. I don't know, man. Because Cuckoo's Nest is really good, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was my favorite of the three. And I'm a I'm a sucker for a good murder mystery, so I, maybe number one is Chinatown. I don't know. I think Jake. it speaks to Jack Nicholson being pretty good at what he does. Yeah. Um, and the movie's really well well directed, Chinatown, but not by a great guy. So don't have to worry sure. about that. Sure. Death of the author and whatnot. All right. Well, one thing clear is that Nicholson's, he's got it. He's got the stuff. Yeah, he's all right. He's decent. <laughs> he's a decent actor. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, before we end here, Perk, let's do a little recap of the Oscars. We did some predictions last week, and uh, the ballots have come in. Uh, anything you want to discuss as a big surprise or a big thing that made you happy? Yeah, so uh, I'll start off by just saying everything, everywhere, all the Oscars. Yeah, insane. insane. Uh, yeah, because they, they picked up almost everything, um, pretty much everything they were nominated for, at least all the things that they probably should have at least been in the conversation for they won. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have probably appreciated it if they had thrown a bone to Martin McDonough for the screenplay on Banshees. Mm. Uh, just because, it, in my opinion, it's a much harder script to write. Because I not that everything everywhere is awful, but the character dynamics are a little tougher. Um, whereas, sure. you know mom and daughter who don't understand each other not that it's an easy thing to write but there's a lot of there's a lot of history out there whereas like man best friend donkey you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you write a man and donkey being best friends and you believe it (laughs) um but yeah so i i think banshees was too good of a film to be nominated for nine oscars and win none of them Mm -hmm. um but when it's Losing to everything, everywhere, all at once. Can I even really be that mad? That movie's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, There were a couple surprises. Uh, Kate Blanchett was the favorite in most of the lead up. But uh, as was a theme throughout most of this Oscars, the narrative kind of took over uh, of like, you know, Kate Blanchett has a couple Oscars. She's an amazing actor. Uh, Michelle Yeoh doesn't have any. And if now, when type of a thing, which was the same, uh, uh, like, so I think the narrative probably carried Michelle Yeoh, but she's certainly more than deserving. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis winning Best Supporting Actress. I'll just real quick in here. 
ain't nobody picked anyone other than Ki Huai Kwan. Yeah. For best supporting. Yeah. He was he was a runaway. Um yeah. for best supporting actress though, Jamie Lee Curtis won, which was uh a turnaround because up to a few weeks ago the the odds makers were saying it was a runaway for Angela Bassett. Mm. Um a lot of people were mad that Angela Bassett didn't win. I get it. I the problem it's, it's, is there's two I, competing narratives here. Like there's a narrative that of Jamie. Is, it's it's really just, that. <laughs> And yeah, they're both, Jamie has been around for so long. She, like she should have an Oscar, most likely. But also, you have all, uh, this. That category was so stacked. <laughs> it's yeah, it, absolutely it was. Stacked. No, and what's crazy is I looked it up, and Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis are the same age. Like, oh, really? So they're both like older women defying the odds by getting these big roles. Yeah, I I'm firmly in the camp that Angela Bassett's performance was far far overblown for what it was. It's certainly good. I I just wasn't ultimately overly moved to it but here's the thing right it kind of came down to just you know picking a narrative because a lot of people just were on the angela bassett train honestly because black women were far too shut out of the nominations it's yeah especially this year when there was pretty much a fact yeah this this year was tough uh, till and woman king getting getting nothing uh which i still haven't seen and it's an unfortunate symptom of the way that it works i watched all the oscar movies and Unfortunately, they weren't there. Um, but Jamie Lee had the, you know, loves the industry, loves acting, full culmination of a career to this. Uh, but the kicker is I don't think either of them were the best supporting actress. Yeah. That So, yeah. You know what? The old white people in Hollywood probably gave Jamie Lee the tipping point. Uh, a lot of people are mad that Angela Bassett didn't win. But, like, guys, did you see The Whale? I know nobody saw The Whale, okay? Like, well, they did because Brendan Fraser won uh, Best Actor. Well, that's another narrative moment. Yeah, it's another it's narrative. It's just, like, yeah. it's the comeback. Everyone wants to, like, root for the comeback story. Not that he didn't deserve it either. He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think if I were to pick, it probably would have picked Stephanie Sue out yeah. of the supporting act. It was... It was really close between Stephanie Sue and Carrie Condon, neither of which were in the conversation. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, so I don't know. It's always a mess. People will always be mad. Uh, I, you don't understand the uh, pretension I feel for finally being able to be like, when people get mad that someone won. Well, yeah, but did you watch the other thing? Yeah. For me, the answer is yes. <laughs> I watched them all. <laughs> So, like, when I weigh in, you know my opinion is is based on having seen all of them, which, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is just not how the internet works, right? Yeah. There's probably a lot of overlap, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that saw Black Panther 2 that didn't see everything everywhere all at once. Got really mad about it. How many, how many people saw The Whale ever? 15? You know? <laughs> I, I think a lot of people probably voted for Brendan Fraser decided, like, besides not seeing the movie at all. Right. They saw the trailer, and they're like... Good enough. Because the, <laughs> yeah. there's like an oscar type scene in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, finally I get to stand on this precipice and say, no, guys, actually, Carrie Condon was really freaking good. Uh, <laughs> her role was just maybe a little too small. Stephanie Sue carried that movie aside mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then my – I so I wasn't really mad about anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Spe- we had P- but, Pinocchio – 
got the yeah. Dub. Pinocchio winning was a slam dunk. And, uh, I did. I, did you call all quiet for cinematography? I think you did. Uh, I think so. Um, I actually so fun little fact for you. Uh, Roger Deakins, who was nominated for Empire of Light, mm-hmm. the iconic, arguably best cinematographer of all time, Roger Deakins. I would say so. He uh, he was quoted saying that the best cinematographer of the year was not nominated, and he he I I don't remember the name, but for the Batman. Oh really? Which, if you think about it, with yeah, his maybe. style, yeah, yeah, and Batman was gorgeous. It was a really good looking film. Did you um, watch that video I sent you with uh, Roger Deakins going through his uh, films? Not yet, but I will because okay. I love Roger Deakins. For, for those listening, GQ does like where they bring on people to go through their movies. And I saw Roger Deakins was on like, oh, shit, one of the best cinematographers of all time, if not the best. And it was really cool hearing him go through the Villeneuve movies, uh, Sam Mendes movies, which I didn't realize he, got, he shot Skyfall. But he did Skyfall and 1917. I also didn't realize he shot, he shot like every single Coen Brothers movie. Uh, yeah, I believe it. So we took a lot of those, and it was and it was really cool to watch. He's sitting on one Oscar. It's one of those things. Insane. It yeah. is such a crime, dude. Absolute crime. Yeah, it's he like uh, how it took forever for Hans Zimmer as well. I think. But insane. Um, no. So the only really thing I the only thing I was upset about, which I can only be so upset because everything everywhere and A twenty four won a bunch of Oscars, but. Mm-hmm. Um, all Quiet on the Western Front won far too many Oscars. Yeah, yeah. I was I was scrolling like everything everywhere, everything and like well, All Quiet's popping up. Uh, all a Quiet lot. won like five <laughs> Oscars. They pretty much won all the peripherals like you music, know, international uh, music, uh, cinematography, some more maybe sound. I don't uh, production yeah, design, sound, a production design, and yeah, the production design is great, but they have the base of billions of world war one images and movies and Mm -hmm. films to work off of. Uh, whereas ain't nobody ever seen an everything bagel in the center (laughs) of, you know, but no. So that movie, I, I, it's weird how this stuff happens. Like when Coda won best picture, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I think it's that good, but I loved watching that movie. So yeah, whatever. I, I was just mad Belfast didn't win, but, um, all Quiet is just so mid. It's World <laughs> War One movie dot MP4. It's instantly forgettable. The plot is entirely predictable. The cinematography is good. It's like war movie cinematography, obviously. Uh, the acting's good, you know, but man, it's just that movie is just like headline Oscar bait. Like this is the type. The only difference is it's in German. But mm. that's the type of movie that always gets nominated every time there's like another war epic. Yeah. Just it squeezes its way in there, even though it's a many times adapted story, a story that I didn't know that I could easily predict the whole way through. <laughs> and it's yeah. a slog. It's really long. Did I, did I tell you that in my review that the armistice happens like halfway through the movie? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I. The fact that Banshees won nothing and All Quiet won like five Oscars is infuriating. Yeah. Well, a couple other highlights to say to end things on a nicer note. Um, Wakanda Forever did win costume design, which I think is nice. Yeah, I, mean, we're, I, we're, I, I think it's fine too. Um, that or everything. Out, uh, shout out to... Uh, yeah. 
Natu Natu winning original song. Yeah, they did a, a live yeah. performance of it too. If you haven't seen it, you should it. look I saw it that, up. Yeah, it, was, it was dope. So cool. I'm so <laughs> glad those guys got to go and have that experience. And they should have walked away with the Best International Film Award. Yeah. Uh, but the Academy uh, are snobs. So they nominated <laughs> a Polish movie about a donkey, which I love. <laughs> uh, Top Gun Maverick won for sound, which I'm glad it got some recognition for the insane way they shot that movie yeah something some recognition needed to go that way avatar one visual effects is expected and then the last one yeah, i mentioned obviously. which is nice to see was woman talking one for yeah i was so happy i because that it, it was adapted right so that could have gone I, I was very worried it was gonna go to all quiet on the western front yeah thankfully it did not uh given to a movie that absolutely deserved it, definitely deserves to have Oscar-winning movie on its profile. I'm so glad it got some recognition because that was another movie that was entirely shut out of the acting awards uh, when it shouldn't have been. Yeah. But the trouble is, who do you edge out? Because it's it's all white women, and that's it gets troubling, right? Like, do you mm-hmm. kick Stephanie mm-hmm. Sue out and make that category even wider? Probably not. Also, I wouldn't kick her out. I would have given her the award. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that deep. Into we could have swapped. We could have swapped Jamie. Could have swapped Jamie for. I yeah. I would have probably because I, I don't think two from the same movie was necessarily needed, and I think that goes for best supporting too. I probably but like both Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan were really good. I get it. It's just spread the love, man. You know there are a lot of great movies out there that. Didn't end up well, with the so recognition. That's, that's a hard thing. And this is something, you know, I, I don't get too into, like, the movie awards. So, like, I like talking about it with you and I like, you know, going through stuff. But, like, I, the things I predict more are, like, the video game awards, right? Mm, mm-hmm. And something that's always talked about in that conversation is, like, do people vote? Well, I voted for this game in this category. So, I vote for a different game in a different category. Like, you don't want there to be a full sweep. And that's always the thinking, but it never happens. It always being a full ends up being a full sweep, right? Also, it realistically it shouldn't be that it probably shouldn't happen it probably shouldn't but also it's but hard like, i think it's okay it, if it is right i'm i'm torn because like on the one hand i want to be like objective scientific you should vote for the best thing in every category on the other hand it sucks when like a movie is really really like banshee it sucks when things like banshees happen we're getting for yeah. nine oscars didn't win one it's like because at some point, people don't really care what the Oscar you got is. They care how many Oscars you have. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, we've talked about this in the past on the podcast. But, like, I think, what, Five Easy Pieces was not a Best Picture winner. But Yeah, it was th- It was nominated for, like, five Oscars. And didn't win and didn't anything. Win any. yeah. yeah, so it's one of those... You, you worry that movies like this, which are great and, and people should see, it, it's worrisome that, you know, if they don't win an Oscar, they're never in the best blank compilation on youtube and mm-hmm. they just kind of fall to the wayside and it's it's brilliant art that should be recognized but people just see one an oscar in this and yeah. they they don't really go through and scroll through all the nominees right yeah or if there are I 10 mean, best picture nominees how many how many down the list are you gonna go right you're gonna watch the best one and then give up probably yeah and i'll say i was gonna say like maybe for specifically best picture that nom is enough but i don't know i i would like to see the love, the love spread out a little more but i know that's not being super objective so it's it's tricky i don't yeah i'm not sure what the best way is to do it but but all that being said when i when i looked at these results the next day 
it did feel very narrative driven, like you were saying, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, like I said, none of these people were undeserving. Um, but it, I don't know if it's at the Oscars in particular, but it just felt like for especially all like the acting awards, again, very well warranted. But it's like there's besides their ability, there was another reason that people wanted these people to win. Yeah, you know? there's there's definitely through lines. And I think at least in this case, uh, there are at least there are some good narratives. Obviously, a lot yeah. of people are mad because Jamie Lee Curtis is, you know, a, a white woman who is a, a nepotism baby of, of Janet Lee, and whatever, forgetting her father. Sorry. Sorry, movie buffs. Um, Tony Curtis. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> we got there. Um, so she's a, a baby from nepotism. She's a white woman. Everything's kind of been laid out for her since she had her debut role as a teenager in, in Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean she doesn't work hard. It doesn't mean she didn't deserve it. And and we've got the, the good narratives too. Like Michelle Yeoh, I'm basing this on not knowing the actual answer. Probably the first uh, Asian woman to win Best Actress. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's great, so yeah. good. And uh, Ki Hui Kwan is also an awesome narrative. You know, he was and shut Brandon out of the Fraser, industry. Right? And Brendan Fraser, Fraser, the comeback. Also right? shut out of the industry, kind of. It's just And like, are those are those stories of inspiration more important than like being the most objective? I think they are. I think that it's more net positive to show people these inspiring stories and hopefully inspire people to follow their dreams more than just, you know, let's be cold and calculating and pick the best right. in every... Like, which you can't even be that because it's all subjective at the end of the day anyway. Well, yeah, that's and that's, I mean, it, it comes down to like your personal stance on it because like I said, I would have given the best uh, animated to Pinocchio, but like my favorite animated movie was Marcel the Shell. So that's me looking at it from the quote unquote objective lens, mm-hmm. but I, it, it's so it's you're right it's so hard whether t- you want to like vote with your heart or your brain i guess if that's yeah. even yeah but yeah it, it, it's certainly an argument um that you can't really win <laughs> yeah either way but, yeah overall though i think these were oscars that i was overall happy with you know definitely a step in the right direction yeah we're, we're getting yeah. there <laughs> so which really if only they would Stream it online. <laughs> yeah, Stream it was it really Twitch. hard to watch. I, I watched the end because I was done with whatever I was doing. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. watch it because award shows suck. Yeah, they the really Oscars do. in particular suck a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, wanted to watch the last couple of awards, so wanted to catch Michelle Yeoh's speech, and it was great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was pretty pretty hard to access i mean it's an it was on abc why not stream it on disney plus or who they just i think it's some pretension thing i don't know they need to just get with the times and stream it because it's insane that they make it as hard to watch as it is and they complain about bad ratings it's like well, well <laughs> you can't, everyone's you can't watch it put it on youtube for free but people on twitch. will watch it yeah yeah i don't know if they'll put the oscars on twitch hey i'm just why not all right well it'll be copyright stricken you get banned for it's playing the Oscars. copyrighted Twitch, content. This, give Twitch a heads up. Hey, by the way, we're streaming the Oscars. Don't take us down. I think it's automated. I think they're going to end up like copyright banning themselves. <laughs> nah, they, they got switches they can turn off. Because yeah, like, like, they have the Game Awards on uh, on Twitch every year, and that's no problem. Fair enough. 
Anyway. All right. That is our our bonus reviews and our reviews of the Oscars. Uh, Before we go, we have one last thing to do, which is reveal we're watching next week. Uh, We are following for the third or not following for the first time, but we'll be a third time seeing him. Tony Lung Chuai, who played the second cop in this movie and Broken Sword in Hero uh, to the film In the Mood for Love. He'll be reuniting director. Oh, is it? I think so. I know it's it's Maggie Chung's back, and they're uh, they're together again, like they were in Hero. So that should be let's go. They had great chemistry in Hero. Yeah, so that's on HBO Max. Uh, Once again, shout out to HBO for for putting these on there. So yeah, next week in the mood for love on HBO Max. But until then, thanks for watching. Bye. Bye bye.